Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person. And that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them, can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding, and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Vagina Talks. I am your host, Sophia Wise One. Before we get into today's show, I just want to let you know that if you're looking for a little bit more guidance on how to moon lodge or dream lodge or take your menstruation time into a more sacred practice, I've got some resources on my website that I would love to share with you, sophiawiseone.com. Look around. I've got a downloadable ebook and some practices to do at home. So if you're wondering, as we talk about those things over the course of this podcast and how you could do it at home. I love to be a resource. Okay, for today's show, I'm excited. I have a really, really incredible being here with me. Jackie Latran is a mindset mentor, a multi-award winning author, speaker, a nurse practitioner, and founder of Healing Minds. She's also the host of the, I personally believe, really brilliant podcast, Stop the Bully Within. Jackie teaches that success and happiness are achievable by all, 
regardless of current struggle and circumstances. A gifted and energetic leader, Jackie dedicates her life to help her clients and students transform into happy, confident, and successful people. Jackie, thank you for your work and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is going to be an awesome show. I can't wait to see what comes out of it. <laughs> that feeling, what will come out of me during this time together? So much yet to see. I just, I, you know, what's popping out for me right now is that, you know, you teach that success and happiness are achievable by all, regardless of current struggles and circumstances. Now, that is a bold statement. I don't disagree with it, technically. It's bold. Can you talk about where the confidence and your assurity comes from to be able to state that and what that means for you? Sure. So, you know, in my work, I've been doing this for a long time. And in my work, the one thing that makes a huge difference, whether you're successful and happy, is your mindset. Mm. And the really cool thing about it, the, the reason I'm so confident that it is possible for anybody is because mindset is something that each and every one of us have control of. We are, you know, the creator of our destinies through our mindset. And so if you're determined to be happy, if you're determined to be successful, then that is the first entry that you need. Once you have that, the rest will fall into place much easier. And Jackie, were you always like a happy-go-lucky person? (laughs) (laughs) Being. Being? Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. um, For the first part of my life, um, you know, the, the first bunches of years was probably pretty decent to okay and then my (laughs) preteen to teen years and even young adults was incredibly difficult for me yeah um i was definitely not a happy person in fact i was anxious and depressed and there were part of the time where i was you know contemplating suicide so Mm -hmm. no i was not always this happy cheerful person but once i understand again about mindset and how i'm in control of me and my destiny i've been this happy go lucky person. And it's been pretty consistent for many years now. And I wouldn't change it for one for anything. Mm. You know, you talk about I know one of the things that I really love when we we can we first connected and I heard about your work is that a lot of your work is focused around teens and a lot of your resources, you have a whole book series on wisdom for teens, right? I do. I love it. And um, I love teens. I owned and ran a summer camp. I still work with teens in the summer. And um, and just sharing your story right now, did you have your turnaround in your teens or did it happen as an adult after? I had the um, the start of my turnaround definitely was in my teen years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, the catalyst happened when I was um, almost 17, the month before I turned 17. And if you want to know about the stories, we can definitely go into that. But yeah, the, the journey started then, but it took me a very long time. It took me probably, I don't know, a good 10 to 15 years yeah, to yeah. really understand and, and process. And then even after that, maybe another few years to get to the level where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, I'm really happy, I'm really confident with who I am and I love where I am, you know, I'm still a work in progress. Every day I strive to be a better human being. Yeah, Jackie, I'd love to hear one of your um, stories. And it can be the like catalyst moment that you made reference to at 17, if that's what's coming to mind. But I also would actually really love to just hear 
like a transition point. Like, it, I don't know, just like take a second and like check in with your body and feel like what would be of use to to share for you or for us or in this moment. But to kind of, I don't know, I don't, like I don't know what story it, it doesn't, you know, but some somewhere in there in your okay. whole journey, because you talked about all these different phases and all of them are so important, right? The like early onset and then the like seven years and then the three years, you know, like, so kind of anywhere in there. Okay. Um, so I grew up, you know, with this belief system that I'm very different from everybody else. And somehow I'm just not lovable and I'm not worthy of anything good in life. And, you know, that's what I believed back then. But looking back, it's kind of like, where did that belief even come from? Because I had a pretty decent family. I was never abused. I was never, you know, traumatized in those kind of ways. And yet I still had this super low confidence and I really felt like I was non-deserving of anything good. And so that was where the depression and the anxiety came from because I felt incredibly judged and I was so afraid that people are going to find out who I really am inside. And the moment they find out, they will push me away. They will reject me. And the little bit of love that I do have will go away. So I was always living in fear. And out of my depression, um, the way that I coped was with anger. It, it it started out with depression and with withdrawn inside, and then I became more and more angry, and that anger expression became more and more outward. Um, it's interesting, you know. Right now, I'm doing a show, um, a podcast show called "Stop the Bully Within," which I was a huge bully to myself back then, but I was also a bully on the outside. I was bullying other people. Anytime I was hurt, I would pick on somebody new because. The pain inside of me was just too much for me to handle. I have to put it onto somebody else for me to have a moment of relief. And so, yeah, um, that was definitely very damaging because that didn't really, um, that wasn't authentic to who I was inside. Deeper inside of me is a very happy-go-lucky, loving person. I just wanted to be loved and acknowledged. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. um, the way I knew how to quiet down my pain was by hurting other people. And so that was my journey for a long time. And I made a lot of, you know, bad decisions. I was testing boundaries. And that that moment that changed everything for me was when I was a month, a month and a day. I know exactly a month and a day from my 17th birthday. I gave birth to my son. Hmm. And the moment that I looked into his eyes, everything changed for me because, you know, Going up until that point, I really felt completely unlovable, unwanted. And I look into his eyes and all I felt was love. I mean, like this intense love that I never felt before that I didn't even know was possible. And here he is, this this tiny little being is giving me so much in just one tiny glance, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's holding on to my pinky finger. And oh, my gosh, I just. I mean, like even talking about it right now, I'm overflow with love again. And so in that moment, um, I knew that it was up to me to change who I am, to learn to like who I am, to learn to love myself um, so that I could really be deserving of this little boy's love. And that's the journey. That's the beginning of my journey. Right. I just want to say, like, I hear this and I just want to say this and let me know if I'm if I'm missing something. I say this out loud, which is that the moment was it wasn't like 
all of your habits disappeared and you became this new person when the baby was born, right? Like what happened in that moment was this awakening and this, this, uh, this motivation, this clarity, this change inside that then initiated all of the work and the change that comes after. I think that there's a myth in our culture, which is that um, we'll be better when we have children, magically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's this notion of just like, well, we have like, well, like you'll have a child and then you'll be different. And it's like, well, you have a child and then you have an opportunity to either be different or not be different. Um, and when you well, s- go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I think when you have a child, you, you are different. I mean, that doesn't mean different good. Right. That doesn't mean different <laughs> perfect, but you are definitely different because all of a sudden now you are responsible for this yeah. being that you brought into the world, right? And and you you don't have you anymore. I mean, you by yourself, you know, your alone time, you, all of that just go away so fast. So you can't help but be different, but that doesn't mean perfection is going to happen or even significant positive changes would happen immediately. And for me, it definitely did not. Um, like I said, my journey was, you know, over 10 years. Right. <laughs> like, um, but the thing is, you know, it's, it's really about, for me anyway, um, and what I teach my client is really about one day at a time. You know, don't look at this, this vision of perfection, whatever that looks like to you and say, I need to be that today. It's a journey. And as long as each and every single day, you're, you know, a little bit better than you were yesterday. I think that's a complete win. Yeah. That's how I feel today. Uh, yes, it's still a journey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just I had this I've just had this um this week in which um I was radical. I just you know, it's it's funny. I had this experience of coming into this like absolute level of like confidence and power inside my being, like a trust and a showing up, like a, a big, a, like a shift I've been working, I don't want to say working for, like working with that I've been like, that has been like working me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just happened. And it was like every day, things that were coming out of my mouth were just like uncompromising, true to who I am, like boom, 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 boom. And it was just like, it was a lot, you know, it's like my household, my dog, my partner, like, we're all just like, okay, yep. Okay. We're in for it. Like, here we go. Like, here we go. Here we go. We're just like in it. And, um, and after so many days of that, I woke up one day and was just like, I just don't know. Um, I just am having that experience of like, I don't know. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I have any bearing. And and because I've been doing this work for so long, as soon as I said that and thought that and felt that, I thought, oh, yeah, no, this is good. That's important. Like the loss of a sense of self, like I don't know who I am, is this in-between space between who I was um, and and who I who I am, who I really am, like who I'm coming into being. And the lo- that loss of like, I don't know who I am. And then just being willing to like sit, to spend a couple days in that space of just being like... I don't have to know, like, I don't have to know. I just have to do the things that I like committed to do that feel good and just kind of stay honest and go, like you were saying, one day at a time, like moment by moment. And I woke up this morning feeling, um, I woke up feeling still kind of like, but as I walked and, and, uh, walked with the dog and walked, um, in between some trees and the sunlight and the river, I just had this notion of this, this softening and this like, 
kind of coming through and being like, ah, yes, like, yeah, there's, there's a sense of, of a familiar self and I feel different inside, but also familiar. Yeah. That, that sounds like a beautiful journey. And, you know, if I can add anything to that, um, listeners, if you're out there and you're experiencing something similar and, you know, it might be causing confusion or it might be, you know, causing you to question who you are and what you're doing. Just be kind and patient mm-hmm. to yourself. Give yourself that time and space to just be. You you have your answer. Just be patient with yourself. It really moved me, Jackie. I feel like that's, um, it's so true. And I think that that's the turning point between being this like, abusive, brutal company to myself, right? Like, cause we've actually talked about this before, this inner bullying experience. And just, I was just, I was brutal. I was brutal to myself and, uh, every day. And that one of the major things that shifted was stopping that brutality towards myself in my own head and having this kindness and patience, even when things don't seem like they're working or I don't know what I want, or I don't know where I'm going, or I'm not, I'm not sure, or I feel insecure, or I feel rejected to be willing to just be with whatever's happening and also be kind and patient with it, the thing outside me and with myself and my experience with it. It's really, it's a different way to live. It is. And it's a much more peaceful, happy way to live, right? Yeah. And that's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> why I'm so and telling myself I'm a fuck up all the time, definitely. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. That's what I'm saying. But that was, you know, that was, that was not fun and happy. It's way happier to not say that, to say things like, we're, co- we're just going to keep going. Just breathe and we'll see where it goes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I jumped in there. (laughs) No, what what I was saying is that, you know, I'm so confident that happiness and success is possible. It's when, you know, in those moments when everything is going wrong and, you know, you you have this tendency to want to go blame yourself and beat yourself up and you just take that deep breath in and just give yourself that space of kindness and, and patience, you know, and a lot of people say it's really hard to do when things are not going well. It is harder to do it, but it's more essential to do it when things are not going well. It's easy to show love and happiness when everything is falling into place. But when you're struggling, that is the time that I would definitely encourage you to take that extra time out for yourself and do the loving things for yourself, whether it's a physical activity, a mental activity, you know, a loving um, conversation with yourself or relaxing and however you do that, take that time to do that you will notice that um, when things are not going well and you're taking care of yourself and you're loving yourself and then you go back to solving whatever that wasn't working well, you have renewed energy. And the thing that used to be so troubling, you see more solutions, a lot easier solutions. So give yourself that time and space to take care of you and the other things will fall into place. So true. Jackie, what kind of relationship do you have with your body? Do you experience your body as a something that you would say you have a, a listening or active relationship with? I do. Um, I, I learned this is something I learned only a few years ago that I so am in love with, and I've been teaching this. I was at a um, a live event with Kyle Cease, and he did this this exercise where you know he asked people like. Do you have any pain in your body? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I do. I have this, you know, severe toe pain because I stubbed my toe during lunch, and it's hurting, and it's so hard for me to concentrate on his show because my pain. 
And he took us to, through an exercise where instead of telling stories about the pain, creating stories about the pain, it, we just sat with that signal that our body is giving us. And instead of trying to fight it, mm-hmm. what sent that pain love? What if instead of, you know, being in fear of the pain and thinking the pain is causing you of this stuff, what if you just stop and recognize the pain is just letting you know, hey, Jackie, hey, Sophia, hey, whoever you are, you are out of alignment with who you truly are and your best self. And, you know, once you recognize that those signal, the painful signal, whether it's a physical pain or emotional pain, is just your best self reminding you to slow down and take care of yourself. everything becomes a lot easier. So I'm sitting there in the auditorium and I'm sending love to my toe and I'm sending healing energy to my toe and it went away incredibly fast. You know, I wasn't focusing on this hurts so much and I can't focus because of the pain. I changed the story inside my head. I thank my toe, you know, for reminding me to slow down and take Mm -hmm. care of myself. And it just went away. And so, yeah, I listen to my body whenever I notice any discomfort in my body. I do take a moment to just pause and go, okay, I'm out of alignment with my truth right now. How can I get back into my truth? What are the first one or two, you know, either small steps or bigger steps, depending on what it is that I can do right now to get back into alignment? Awesome. It's totally awesome. Okay. Ask you a question, may not make may or may not make sense. We'll just kind of see, see how it lands. What does your vagina want to say right now? <laughs> Let me see. Let me check in with my yeah. vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's check in. I haven't had a conversation with my vagina in a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Maybe okay. I should change. Right now. Right. <laughs> huh. You know, the only thing I'm getting, I'm not getting a conversation. I'm getting a smile. Hmm. My vagina is smiling. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's it right there. Smiling vaginas. I feel like there it is. That's it. There we go. We, we should co-host a show, you know, the smiling vagina show with <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> Jackie and Sophia. <laughs> love it. Oh, that is good. That's good. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for checking in and sharing. Okay, since you asked me, I'm going to ask you, what is your vagina saying right now? Oh, hmm. oh, great. Thanks, Jackie. Let me see. I got to check in. Mm. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. It's so clear. It's just, it's very similar to what I was talking about with you before that I've kind of been in. I'm just in this space right now. My vagina is just saying, I said, it's saying, like, I, it's just this, it's, you know what it is? It's this boundary. My vagina is holding this boundary. It's like, I will not, I do not want to keep going in these ways that are undermining my power. Leading with the vagina. Love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like so, so clear. It's just like, you know, that's just like, it's just there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's electric is, is my, my experience with, um, 
with this particular turning point. And I think that it's very shared actually right now, this, this experience, right? It's like we're in the middle of a, of, you know, I mean, let's not, I don't want to be dramatic, but I'm not being, we're in the middle of a cultural revolution right now. Um, you know, and this, this, the, the Me Too movement that is a, I really believe is a, that I, I can see the way in which they're, all of these pieces have built together from the Occupy movement um, to the Black Lives Matter movement into um, kind of feeding into Bernie Sanders' um, running, um, now the Me Too movement. Now, all of these things didn't happen, like they all were happening all along at the same time, right? That like, I just made this chronological order, um, but like, activism, education, um, community building has been happening in all of these communities all along. Like the Me Too movement actually started six and a half years ago, right? So like literally during like at the same time. But one of the things that Occupy really um, awakened and, and fueled in people was this notion of a leaderless movement. And so the the creation of these movements and these messages that don't have a person at the front, that they that they are really this a collective shift and 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 um and and putting forth. And so I think one of the things that I'm feeling really connected to right now that doesn't feel unique to me, though my experience of it is incredibly particular, is this space of power and coming to deeper understanding about power and owning my own power and having an understanding that power isn't about um, like in, in Buddhism, um, one of the things that's talked about is that, you know, we search for power, that everybody has this hunger for power. Everybody wants this power. The problem is that most people are looking for it in, you know, I don't want to say the wrong place, but in places where they will not be satisfied, which is outside themselves, right? Like you were talking about bullying these people outside yourself to get relief inside and that people are looking for for power outside of themselves, but that the soulful wisdom of the hunger for power is about that we are here incarnated. We're here having this experience to come and to know our powerful, radiant self. And so it's appropriate to want hunger. I mean, yes, to want, to hunger for, and to want power. It's just that power is our own, that longing to have access to our own and to live from that place and to live in that place. And so I think that what I'm feeling right now is this collective awakening. And and don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of people that are still pretty confused and doing a lot of finger pointing. And what I'm witnessing and what I'm part of and what I'm doing my best to help perpetuate is the experience of owning and experiencing our own power and that that power isn't put on top of people and it's not put under people, that it is this, it's, it's this mutual space. So, so that's where I am. I'm like in this space and I'm wondering where you are in terms of your own relationship with your power right now. So I definitely completely agree with you about, you know, the power is not about power over other people, but it's really about power to be who you truly are and live in your truth. Um, in my journey um, so far, I would I would say right now that I am living in my full power. Now, does that mean that I'm at the ceiling limit and there's no room for growth? Absolutely not. I feel very confident in who I am, in my body, in my work, and how I interact with my world. But every single day, again, is, is about learning something new and incorporating that into my life so that, you know, I become a better and better person every day. But 
right now I'm pretty darn happy. That's awesome. I love that space that that the when when we gain access to ourselves and experience who we really are this um this experience of i feel like i'm getting all these like like limitless self is going through my head but what's coming to mind is years ago i heard and i wish i remembered her name but i heard on on like a like a show a, a like a radio show um this woman talk about how visionaries um and having a vision like the vision is supposed to be bigger than what you're capable doing capable of doing at the moment because the point of the vision is to grow you as a being. So you have a vision and then to fulfill that vision, you have to grow. And once you fulfill that vision, um, you have a new vision. And it's not because the old vision wasn't good enough or anything else. It's like because it's that nature of things that like as we expand our perspective, I always think about it if like we're climbing up a mountain or going up steps, I can just see farther the higher I go. And so the the farther I journey into myself, the more access I get to myself, the more aware and the more the more details I have or I become aware of the even more fine-tuned ways that I could be in connection with myself or have a, a power or an electric experience of the whole. I love that. Yes, you know, and you're so right is the higher you go, the, the farther you climb, the more visibility you'll have. Things that were fuzzy before or things that weren't present before all of a sudden is right there front and center. And then it's up to you what you want to do with that, right? And you can look at it and embrace it as a brand new vision for you to follow or um, hold on to. Or you can look at it and go, okay, so I see this other thing and that's not a place for me to go to that doesn't match who I am as a person. I'm going to keep going and just see what else come up. And if it really feels right for me, then I know that that's the right thing for me to go for. And that's kind of how I live my life is always about, you know, what feels peaceful and compelling to me. If something is in front of me to do and, you know, in, in working as an entrepreneur and working at with working with people, you always have a bunch of expert and gurus that says, do this and do that, you know, and I don't do things. I don't take actions until I feel peaceful and compelling to me. That's my inner guidance. And I trust it. I love that. The combination of peaceful and compelling. I just, yeah. I just love that. It's so, it just, I'm, I'm like, that's so, that feels so useful, right? It's like that. Yeah. yeah. When I, my mentor, when she said it, it makes so much sense, you know, because I'll give you a scenario. You know, the question that I use and I teach my client to use is, does this thing feel peaceful and compelling? And if it's peaceful and compelling, that's an easy yes. If there's a no in there, whether it's not peaceful or not compelling, then you need to question it until you get to that place of peaceful and compelling. Because if you're doing something and it doesn't feel peaceful to you, you're not being authentic to yourself, right? Mm. And if you're not compelled to do something, but you do it anyway out of obligation, again, you're still not being authentic to who you are. So let that guide you, peaceful and compelling. My womb, when you said the word obliged, like, <laughs> like I was like, I literally was like, oh, <laughs> close up, close up. <laughs> oh, no, obligations. It's exhausting. 
It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, just that's such a high standard of living. To, just, to put for you, I, I, how do I say this? And I don't, I, I, I don't mean that in a way of like it being an unreasonably placement way of living. Just, I feel like in comparison to what we've been like indoctrinated in or inculturated in, like that, like to, to, to recognize that like what I do and who I am, that I participate in things that, create the experience of peaceful peacemaking that I'm peacemaking is foundationally uh culturally like counterculture and then compelling which is to take action from a place of 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 your own authentic like uh compulsion uh that as opposed to the notion of doing what we're supposed to do or being how we're supposed to be. But that does, it brings me right back to, I was thinking about this earlier today. Well, before we were talking, I was thinking about teens and I was thinking about how I think one of the reasons teens feel like they're losing their mind all the time is because they know, I was thinking about how I love teens and I love working with teens and people are always like, whoa, teens. And I'm like, I don't understand. I think we talked about this. I was like, they're amazing. What do you mean? Oh, teens. And I was like, I was thinking about how I think they know that they are carrying all of these answers and solutions to things that are really a problem and um and by a problem i mean what you're what you're talking about which is that there's this there's this drive for authenticity in a world that demands inauthenticity Mm -hmm. and that that makes (laughs) that makes people crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's what it does it makes people crazy and that in that heightened sensitivity space um that's that's where you that's where you get this kind of extreme response and what i thought today was like well they have all the answers but no one's taking them seriously not no one but a lot of a lot of the time there isn't a space for them to be presenting there isn't a provided space that that um teens have to really be really well supported and or be really radical and go out on a limb to 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 treat their voices with the respect that i think they deserve right and they do have the answer but you know people are not asking the right questions they are not asking the right questions so they have these amazing answers but they don't really know what to do with that and like what you said is really about not having a platform not having that safety net you know, to be able to fully express themselves and even to understand what they know on a deeper level. So that's one of the things that I'm really hoping to do with the work that I do is to give teens that safe space, is help teens to understand how much power they do truly have. And again, the power is not, again, power over people, it's power within themselves. And one of the reasons I focus on helping teens, you know, is because of my own troubled childhood and the lack of resources I had back then, but the other, two, um, the other reason why I love working with teens the most is that they are so open, mm-hmm. right? They, they are in this place, in this space where they're just like soaking in information. And if you provide them with positive information, they'll soak that right in. If you provide them with negative information, they will soak that right in. And there is enough mm-hmm. negativities out there. I really wanted to be able to provide some of that positivity back so that they have a balance and they get to choose which area they want to focus and give them some power to do that for themselves. 
What do you think parents need to know about their teens that most parents of teens don't know because they just haven't been, (laughs) hasn't been talked about or shared, you know? Yeah, I think the most important things that parents, regardless of of parents of teens, of little ones, of adults, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, I think the truth that if parents really understand and hold this in their actions, um, a lot of things can improve for the better. And that that truth is your children are their own individual people. They're not extensions of you. You know, the things that they do doesn't reflect you as a person, as a parent, right? And so a lot of us, we, we, when we don't understand that, we look at our children and our children are quote unquote misbehaving. And we take that to mean something about us as parents. Well, you know what? Even the absolute best parents, the parents that give them the safety space and the resources and the support and the love, the child is going to act in whatever truthful way the child is going to act. You know, we are all our individual people. So separating that and when you look at your, your children and they are doing things that you may not be completely happy with or maybe even disapprove of, recognize that these actions, first of all, are not who they are. It is an action. It's not you know, the person as a whole, and it's not a reflection of you as a person, it's a reflection of them. Good. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, um, I remember I had one of my students years ago come to class and, and share this experience of this just kind of beside themselves experience with one of their kids and their kid was young, maybe four, maybe five. And, uh, and they actually had a number of kids. They had like three kids at this point. And they were basically just like, none of my other kids are like this, like this. And like, it's just so, this is so intense and it's so rough. And I just had this moment of just sitting there and being like, you do realize that like, this is a being like an entire human being that's like unique to themselves and that like you both of you have two personalities and like this is like this is what you're doing together like you're just living a life together like that's the deal like you're a person and they're a person and you're like living a life you know and it was funny because it wasn't like she didn't know that you know like it's like everybody I feel like most a lot of people who have kids know that like each kid has a personality and they like have an element of themselves like right from the get like it wasn't somehow it wasn't brand new knowledge but in some way it was like the thing and i was just like and like this being came here on its own journey like it's not this being is not here to just be part of your journey right this being is here on its own and you're part of their journey just like they're part of yours you know and i think that being responsible for and having ownership over is a is an interesting thing that we're distilling in ourselves that I'm distilling in myself right now that I think we're collectively distilling right now, which is that notion of like, what is it to be responsible to the earth and not own the earth, right? What is it to be like respectful in an engaged relationship, but not think that you have power over or like that that ownership over? And I think a lot of... um we're told that we're supposed to own a lot of things. We're supposed to own our sexual partners. We're supposed to own our children. We're supposed to own our, like even our career or our employees. Um, and, and that that's different than being responsible for or an engaged relationship. 
um, with? I'm not sure at what point in my life I let go of that ownership. But at some point in my life, I did because, you know, in previous relationships and even in the early stages of my relationship with my husband, it was really about that ownership. Right. You mentioned owning your your partner. Mm-hmm. And oh, boy, did I do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it is always about, um, you know, what's going on and I need to make sure that everything is going to be perfect. And I put all these these responsibilities and obligations on myself and I wasn't happy. You know, when you're working so hard to try to control your environment and the people in your environment, you just can't relax, right? Um, and somewhere along the line, I let it go, and I didn't do that fully intentional. It's probably with every other aspect of my work on self-love. Mm-hmm. I was able to let it go. But, you know, the moment that I let it go and I realized, you know what, he is an individual. He is on his own journey. And he's going to make the decision that he's going to make. And I need to know that I am strong enough to handle anything that comes my way. So rather than focusing my energy outwardly and trying to control my environment or the people within it, I focus on ways to improve myself, improving my self-love, my strength, my belief in myself, and just doing the things that, again, feel completely authentic to me. And once that transformed you know, my relationship, it, it just went up to a new level. It's a very, it's the most loving, peaceful, supportive relationship I can imagine. And it, it takes surrendering. It takes letting go of that control, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I think that there, I really what you said about in terms of being like, it wasn't necessarily like this goal to let it go. It came out as a result of just doing this self-love because these external relationships we're having are are um reflections of the internal relationship and that I really treated myself like I was something that I like owned and had to control and manage you know and that layer by layer the less I control and manage myself it's just like you know controlling and managing other people um becomes less of less of interest to me like I literally just don't even I don't look, I don't frame, I don't respond in a way where that's my focus. Um, I'm, I'm having a different experience in myself and I'm relating to the world around me differently. And how are you enjoying that? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, I, I feel like I say this a lot, which is just like I when people told me about happiness and inner peace like a decade ago, I kind of thought everybody was a little bit lying. Like I just, you know, like I didn't think anybody was like really like I was like, no, I get it. Like happy. Like it's a thing like people have like but like nobody's really happy. Like I really thought that like I really thought that. And I remember I don't remember the exact moment now. I just remember this process of being like, oh, like, no, like I actually am happy and like I actually have this peace. Like even on my terrible, hard, shitty days where I feel a little bit lost, I feel well and kind and loved and I have this peace and I have this happiness. Um, I was having this really intense conversation last night and uh tears in my eyes streaming down my face just kind of in the just in it you know 
and the, this music was on in the background and the song came on and the beat was so good. Like I was just like, oh, and I like stopped mid-sentence and was like, oh my God, this song is so good. And I just like stopped and was like, I just got to have a dance party. Like, whoa, you know, and I had this moment where I was like, I do realize that this might be, this could be, this could be perceived as weird, right? To be in the middle of this like intense, emotional kind of like intimate conversation and then be like oh hold up dance party like you know like it was like people could look at this and think like that's like a little bit weird but to me it was just like I was just I I was just here and the intensity or the vulnerability of the conversation that I was having didn't take away from the truth of my life happening and like the presence of the music and enjoying the beat didn't take away from the vulnerability or the intimacy of the conversation I was having. I don't think that's strange at all. I think if more of us can do that, we would have such better relationships, right? We have these intense conversation or emotional conversation or even arguments and we're so stuck into it and we want so badly to be right. And all we do is we're we're just like fighting for the point. But in that moment of heaviness of, of, you know, this, this heavy feeling, if you can loosen up, and, and just be you for the moment. That doesn't mean your problem is solved. It's just mean right now, the energy is just not conducive to moving forward. Let's play a little bit. Let's reconnect with our inner self. Let's, um, let's reconnect with our inner child. Have a little bit of fun. We'll get a fresh perspective. We'll come back to the problem and the solutions will be much clearer. I love it. That's good. It reminds me, my brother used to always say this to me when he's like, I think he must have seen me get in a get in a tiff. This was like years ago. And he was like, remember, Sophia, when you start to get rigid and stuck in your perspective, get up and walk around. Like when you're having a fight or when you're having an argument with someone or where you're in a thing, he's like, do squats, like move across the room, literally move because your body, because it will help you move. Like you're getting stubborn and rigid in every way. So move, just move. And, um, and I, that has come back to me over and over and over again when I, when I remember it. So I put that out into the – that like, yeah, like that inner child play, um, enjoy the beat if it's there, like absolutely, like 100%. And if that feels like a little bit extreme and like you can't reach it, at least like do a couple squats or stretch or walk across the room three times to like interrupt that holding on that happens in the, in the, in, in the mental and the physical landscape. It's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and I actually, love it. I do love it. I do. Teach. Huh? Oh, I just wanted to add one other thing, Go. which is that for me, the other thing I realized as an empath, someone who really feels other people's feelings, that when I would get in really intense conversations, if I couldn't, if I feel like I lost where I was or that I didn't know what was happening, I found that if I would actually physically put more space between me and the person I was talking to, I could, um, Sometimes it was easier for, for me to find my own center, to like literally put 10 feet between us and be like, I'm still in this conversation. I'm in 100%. I was just getting lost um, in, in my like, like in my inability to hold my boundaries and to know where I am. Um, and that that's a lot of the work that I do with people is being able to sit in their pelvic bowl, like being able to sit in your own self um, instead of getting lost into other people's 
stuff. And so to like physically move around the space is like really good to like claim the body, but then also to like, it's okay if the way you come back to the conversation, put some feet in between you and the person you're having a conversation with, if you feel like you're getting lost, that was really, really helpful for me. Um, and really helpful when I said it out loud to the person I was talking to, like, I'm not far away because I don't care. I'm far away because I care. And when I'm close, I get overwhelmed and lost. And this is helping me um, you know, that was a few years ago when I had to do that. Now I just use practices so I can be sitting down in, you know, a chair right across the way and take a few breaths and just make sure I'm holding my own space. But it's always in my back pocket if I know that I'm not feeling really steady that I can like physically put some space between. I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I think you mentioned a bunch of really, really cool, important things. And the first one is, you know, know what it is that you need. For, for you, you needed space, right? For me, I would have needed closeness. <laughs> so you and I in that conversation way back then would be a lot of push and pulling. Right, and right. And so recognizing what it is that you need and taking good care of yourself, honoring you in that moment by doing the thing that you need, but at the same time also taking care of the other person by having that conversation with them. Because if I'm having a conversation with you and I have a need for closeness when I'm feeling scared or vulnerable, and you get up and you leave or you get up and move further away from me and I have no clue what just happened, in my own mind, I will be making up stories about that. So now you're moving away. You said, hey, you know, I'm just getting lost. I need a little bit of space, but I am here. I want to continue this conversation. I think that is incredibly loving for yourself and for the other person and very powerful. Yeah, I want to say that I also am someone who, when I'm in a really intense conversation, sometimes needs closeness, and that um, I will track things like shifting body weight away from me, or arms crossing, or if we were t having a conversation and your hand was on my shoulder, I said something, and then you took your hand off your shoulder. Like I've also been in those very like hyper kind of sensitive spaces where I'm like, like every micro movement of like, are you moving towards me or are you moving away from me has been like really aware. Um, and I think that's why kind of the flip inverse of it for me of just being like, you know, the other thing is like that happened last night a number of times in the course of this conversation was um, I said, you know, do you want a hug? Or uh, my partner said to me, do you want a hug? And the answer was different at different times. Like one time I was like, nope, I don't really do. Like I'm not really there, you know? And then later um, I did. You know, I was like, yeah, I would love a hug. And then later I offered like her a hug, you know, and was like, do you want a hug? And she was like, yeah, I would, you know. And so it's like, and, and at other points she's like, I don't know. And I was like, if it's a maybe, just like take your own space. Like I'm here. Like, you know, so we're just like navigating these spaces. And for us, again, like I said, this is like, you know, after a few years of, of practice and transparency about kind of moment to moment, um, vulnerability and like you like exactly what you said Jackie like knowing what we want and need you know in that moment and being willing to like claim that take a stand for it um ask for it um give it to ourselves um and I think the part that you know a lot of the time we have to learn how to do that for ourselves and that learning how to do it gracefully comes over time that especially if we've come from like trauma spaces or like or just our own stuff like that in between stuff doesn't always look so good right like the first time i walked across the room to get my center it wasn't as well received as it is when it happens now right 
the first time that was like not so pretty. I wasn't pretty about it. I was like, I can't be over there. And it was like, what is happening? You know, like what is happening? You know, and now it's like, I just got to gather myself. I'm going to stand over here. Okay, great. You know, like it's so much low. It's like doesn't have that same kind of um, that high pitch to it. But like it had to have the high pitch at first because it was it was new and it was listening and it was risky, like listening to that self. Um, which makes me think about that the benefit of safe spaces like you talk about with the teens like having spaces where we can practice that you know so then you can take the skills that we learn in safe spaces and apply them to our lives when 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 it may not appear to be a safe space our willingness to know how to be in a safe space in ourselves and with ourselves can help us translate and change the spaces that we live in into Mm -hmm. safe spaces Yes, yes. And, um, you know, one way to do that for me um, to to practice this a little bit better is to give myself permission to know that in certain areas, I am a complete beginner and it's not going to look beautiful and graceful and, right. and amazing, but I'm a beginner and that's perfectly OK. So the first time I walked away, you know, it, it might I might have all this negative energy with me about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's OK that is still a movement forward is me learning to honor myself is me learning to take care of myself and the other person. And if I give myself permission to be a a beginner and I look back on it, I'm like, okay, so I did that. And I did that because of these reasons, how can I improve on it? You know, how can I communicate this in a better way um, that will respect the other person and respect myself. Mm-hmm. And then you just build on that and you just keep practicing. And the more you practice, the better you get at it, you know. And and for me, too, is I never expect perfection. I really expect progress, right? That's what I work towards is progress. And if you look for perfection, you're judging yourself. You're being that inner bully because perfection doesn't happen. But if you give yourself permission to be a beginner and recognize that you're practicing and you're going to make progress and every moment of progress you made is a point for celebration, it, it just gives you this ability to move forward into where you want to be a lot quicker. Awesome. Dropping diamonds, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to move towards our closing now. I'm going to do my final two questions. Um Unless there's anything else that's on your heart or mind you feel like you want to say before we move, if there's anything no, else. We talked about a lot of really cool things. So I am ready for your um, closing ceremony. Closing ceremony. Uh, the first is, Jackie, people want to know more. They want to check out your work or they want to get in touch with you. Where, where does your, where's your top preference? How do, you, how do you love people to be in relationship with you and your work? So the easiest way to get a hold of me is on my website. So if you go to Stop the Bully Within, you will find all of my different works, whether it's my podcast or my books or my mentoring. So check it out at Stop the Bully Within. And I also love, love, love interacting with people, whether it's by email or social media. Um, Social media-wise, it would be facebook.com slash stopthebullywithin. And I love getting emails. If you have any questions or any thoughts you want to share with me, you can reach me at success at JackieLutran.com. And I'll spell my name because it's spelled a little bit different. Um, Success at J-A-C-Q-U-I-L-E-T-R-A-N.com. Awesome, Jackie. Thank you so much. And and thank you 
really, thank you for your work. It's really, really beautiful stuff. Okay, to close us out today, the question is, as we do this work, we do it to build a world that we love, one that we want, a world that we can trust, a world that we can relax into, not just our inner world, but an outside world, creating and healing our inside world because we believe in an outside world that also can be restored. And so I would love it if you would help us paint a picture or weave a thread of this tapestry. That's a big vision, this new earth, this this healed space. What's one piece of that possible reality that we're bringing into existence? So I'm hearing two things. Um, you know, it is about doing the inner work so that it shows up in our outer world, right? And a lot of us, we I think we get a bit too busy on the outer world and we forget to take care of, of us on the inside. If we are all in a place of, of true love for ourselves, if we are in a place of true happiness with ourselves and we own our power and we own our strength, it will show up in the outer world. I mean, like if you are walking around and everybody's being in, being authentic to who they are and they're happy with who they are. They're at peace with who they are. I can't imagine the outer world looking any different. The problem again right now is that most of us, unfortunately, we don't have that relationship with ourselves. So it, it's a, you know, it's not going to be solved overnight, but you definitely can do something about it by just looking at yourself and work on working on really loving and honoring yourself, taking good care of yourself with the kind of love and respect that you deserve. And when you start doing that, the people around you, you know, are going to be more attracted to that because when you're radiating this beautiful, loving energy, people can't help but be attracted to it. You're going to motivate more people to then do that for themselves. And it just spread is that little ripple that you start can definitely become this this bigger worldwide um, save the the universe kind of um, tapestry that you mentioned. Mm. Awesome. Can you say in a present tense sentence, like this is what it is, like one piece of that, everything you described is so beautiful. And so what is that as it's come to be? What's like one descriptive this is? It is like, it is this, we are. You know, I think that's exactly it. I'm not going any further than that. It's, it's I am, mm. this is, we are. I'm not adding anything else to it because it looks different from everybody, for everybody, right? When I yeah. say I am, I'm holding my power, however that looks to me. And I don't want to put a word into it that might color another person's being. So I am, we are, it is. Mm. And there you have it. That's Vagina Talks today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Really a, a pleasure and a treat being with you today. And to everybody listening to Vagina Talks, just sending you a lot of love and a lot of gratitude and uh, just a lot of peacemaking, well-wishing to your peaceful and compelling lives. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for having me and sending love and positive energy to all your listeners. Awesome. Take care, everybody.
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.